unlocking your unlimited potential is the ability to pivot on demand to continue moving forward. Every step in the right direction is a step, no matter if it's a baby step or not, keep moving forward. But most of us will go through life never tapping into those gifts and talents that lie dormant within. So helping that youngster to find what's there as opposed to envying and being jealous of all the other people who have accomplished their own goals. You've got your own stuff within you. You just got to tap into it. Consistent creation comes confidence and confidence. We think we know our students' potential. We don't. We think we know our own potential. We don't. We only reach our limits when we stop trying. So keep trying. Allowing others to see in them what you see in them. Helping them to see in them what you see and, and to, you know, helping them believe in the greatness that they are, that you see and experience every day. Giving somebody a chance and being there to support them through it. It means your potential is unlimited. I mean, focus on that. It is an infinite pro process. It's an infinite progress. You're constantly taking steps to improve. Don't ever chase, got it. Don't ever chase that moment. Don't ever chase it, whatever that is, unless it is constant progress. So focus on the unlimited portion of this that you don't chase somebody else, don't chase an arbitrary moment in time, a momentary accomplishment, a certificate, a label, a title, just keep getting better every day. If we're doing that work, or somebody else is doing that work on us, and at this point I think the children does that work on each one of the staff, and each one of the people that get involved in Casa Hogar, they get unlocked their, their potential by the children. So once you get involved with children, working with children, it's not what you do with them, it's, it's how the children impact in your life to unlock that, that unlimited potential that you have, and then they're gonna see the benefits from it. Unlocking unlimited potential means empowering others to take the risks they need to, to become exactly who they can be. Help that kid find what they're truly passionate about and what keeps them up at night working and what wakes them up early and what gives them that sense of wow. And I want them to find what they're good at to really identify their strengths. You know, that's the thing because of school and because of the model that we use for school where we're really focused a lot on weaknesses and trying to level up those weaknesses. I, for me, brother, I just want that kid to identify what they're passionate about and what their strength is. And then getting clear about how we can help that kid use that potential and use that strength to go out into the world and make a difference in the lives of other people. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. I'm so excited to be here with you all today. I'm excited to introduce you to my very special guest and my good friend, Dr. Patrick Sullivan. Patrick, how you doing? I got you unmuted. You're all oh, good now. <laughs> actually, I'm doing well. Just want to make sure. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here um, and feel very privileged to be a part of this in your show and and just seeing in that intro, all those great, great statements and, and, and just the true educators and just amazing people that you uh, work with on a regular basis. I appreciate that. So we're diving in. You're a superintendent, but I know you didn't start as a superintendent. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about your story, how you landed yourself being an amazing superintendent during a pandemic. 
well, it all starts, I guess, just from that intrinsic motivation to anything of doing what you love. Uh, interesting enough, he graduated from St. Lawrence University, not sure what I want to do with myself. And I'm starting way back there. Uh, as growing up as two, both of my parents were teachers and, and actually my mother was an administrator in North Rockland Central School District. And you know how we do at those ages is I don't want to, I don't want to be what my parents were, right? But it's inevitable. I had someone tell me it's in the blood, right? So that, 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 that's how we work. So started working with Citibank, uh, City Capital actually, and, and working with that and then decided this isn't for me. I, I need something more. I need something where I could, yes, it was great. You know, you meet, you, you help your bottom line, you meet your goals and all those other things, but those weren't the goals I wanted to meet. So went into field of education and, and I can tie a little bit more, but I want to jump into it too. It was right in the right at the recession time, so you can only imagine the challenges of finding teaching positions at that time. I mean, and then you always question. You keep pushing forward if you really want this. I mean, I'd probably say interviewed for 25, 30 positions and still nothing at one point, but nothing would stop me of wanting to serve students, make sure that we're helping children, helping the future, and that was the purpose. So. Uh, finally, working with that, I did leave replacements, ended up in actually what used to be the um, Leak and Watts, it's, it's Rising Ground or something now, residential treatment center, working with some students uh, from New York City who just had a lot of needs, and, and it was just the best relationships. Um, children just knew, you know, you cared for them, going back to what we talked about before in some things with, with hierarchy needs and just making sure to show that care, that relationship that you want to be there and just seeing them grow right before you was the most exciting thing. And just a story that always stood out to me, even to today is I called the parent and, and told her that her sons, you know, just said some positive things, some things we're working on. And when you have a parent say to you in the 15 years, my child's been born, you're the first person to say anything positive about my, my son. And that was powerful for me to lead on, on where do I want to go in this journey? Cause I said I'd never be an administrator and I'd never get my doctorate, right? Never say never. And that's always important. And uh, met a superintendent uh, uh, there who told me to go into administration. Then, long story short, was a, a teacher in an 811 classroom with uh, the Sullivan County BOCES. Uh, then uh, went into administration and then came over to Liberty in their student services department. Uh, after a couple of years of that, went into uh, the middle school few years of that, they uh, had the privilege of becoming the assistant superintendent. And then after two years of that, uh, this past year, I just finished my first year as the superintendent of Liberty. So in my journey, um, personally, you know, you you go through these, these situations that you begin to doubt yourself, and then you learn that you should never doubt yourself. You just find new ways. You find new, new neuroplasticity on changing the way you think and look at yourself as what can I do differently? What am I not doing that's getting me through this? And then when you think in that way, and you can do that with yourself, you can think of those around you. What am I not doing to reach this student? What am I not doing to reach this colleague to kind of get them to see? Because I see this in them. How do we have them see this in them? And that's the biggest challenge. So it's a, a brief version from the past 15, 16 years. But it was it was a lot of different challenges. It was it was and there's some I didn't mention. I've worked uh, on maternity leave replacements in, in Upper Westchester. So seeing um, just the pretty much the continuum of education from residential 
to advanced placement and being able to teach just helps with that perspective. And now administratively working in uh, working with our, our special education departments, our um, English as a new language department, and then the curriculum side. It's just been a really nice experience, and I'm looking forward to many more years of, of just helping serve our community and our future uh, leaders of tomorrow with, that are within our schools right now. That is an awesome story. That is, I think you've been in just about every single, you know, place in education in terms of teaching students from all varieties of needs and, you know, just being able to see how you went through all those experiences and you didn't start out as a teacher, um, you know, with that pathway too. So I think that's really amazing for someone to look back at their story and see, you know, where you started and where you are now. And obviously, you know, you're a, su a superintendent, you've been a superintendent throughout the whole pandemic as an assistant and also a superintendent. So you've been on both sides of the role. You know, there's been so many changes and I know a lot of my listeners and I know a lot of the superintendents that I've spoken to recently have really, really dug deep into, okay, well, how do we handle the adversity? How do we handle the challenges that keep coming, those uncertainties to keep our staff and our school pointed in the right direction? So talk a little bit about how the past couple of years have been for you and how you've pulled the positive out to become a school that is still doing an amazing job and also, you know, being someone who's able to lead your, your staff through, you know, these past couple of years. I think the biggest thing, and, and actually I did a, a, a professional learning opportunity with one of our local BOCES on just getting through this, right? So you have those multiple layers, right? Why we do this. We, we, we work in leadership to, to not better ourselves, but to better those around us and keeping that focus and, and, and balancing empathy with implementation was essential throughout in, in, in anything, but especially now and making sure to be a little bit more on the empathy side, because there were some scary moments. I mean, staff will email you, a parent will email you anytime and respond to them. Let them know that you're there. And then knowing that you're there for them helps them feel, feel supported and knowing because looking back to when we brought used the hybrid model the year before last, you know, that was a challenge and we were really, um, you know, it was an adaptive challenge if we want to go into that work because we were really trying something totally new, but be able to get through this like anything else, you have to kind of check your values. Why are you doing this? And, and there is no, you know, schedule for yourself. I mean, I remember being up till one in the morning, putting things together, working, thinking, reviewing. Um, and, and no matter how tough it gets, it's okay to show that it, you might be having a tough time too, but you always want to make sure that you're, you're there for those around you and you find your support group to get through it. I mean, I had so many superintendents and assistant superintendents that we would just talk constantly because collaboration creates new opportunity. It breeds creativity. So that was another item is where I think just in this region, we were collaborating weekly with other districts that we've not done and, and actually stopped doing as much um, in this past year because things started going back to normalcy. 
Um, and I think the biggest thing, again, is making sure you're sticking to your why. Because no matter what, how challenging it may be, as long as you're continuing that you want to create the opportunities for those around you to succeed, you'll find a way to go through the adversity and, and do it uh, with care and, and with the best interest of, of, of our students and our families and our staff in mind. And, and, and there's no perfect answer I can give you, but I think those are the, the constructs of the ideas of, of balancing empathy versus implementation, collaborating, reflection, and I didn't go into that, but that's just natural, is always reflecting, what can I do better? Uh, what can we do? What are we missing right now? And having those conversations, as many conversations you can have with anyone and everyone of what they're seeing and helping to try to get their perspective, because we all have blind spots. And, and that's the way we've done it. And, and being thorough and communicating and having multiple community forums and, and listening to people. And I think those are the biggest things to get through those challenges is the first step is this is what we're thinking. We had our needs assessment. We have our, you know, we talked to multiple stakeholders. We have our plan. We're going to implement our plan. However, as we all know, we had our plan this past year and it shifted and everything shifted. This past year, I could say it was probably felt more challenging than the ones before because we had the case spikes especially for us in January. Um, and then, you know, trying to figure out what we're doing with our current resources without these unforeseen events that happened and, and the increases. But just keeping focused, caring for one another, and then being creative. Being creative in, in which you can, where you're making sure to reach your goal and you're not being so creative or overly creative where you you don't want to go against your values because it's your values that have people to gain that commitment from others. And that's yeah. the biggest thing yeah. I could say. Absolutely. I, it's about seven things because I counted the number of things you I said. Know, so I can we should, we should change the name of the podcast, Seven Tips for Battling yeah. Adversity. But yeah. no, and, and you know what? Like when you think about, and it's interesting that you said at the beginning, you know, like all of these shifts and all of these challenges and all of these things that were unexpected that we had never dealt with before in education led you to collaborating, connecting, to pushing through it, to getting through it, to figuring out ways through it. So, you know, I, and as I've talked to a lot of educators throughout this time, we're always, I'm always amazed at the things that people have done to succeed. And I, think all of the things that you just spoke about were really clear and, and important to the point, because I think at the end of the day, this has prepared us to take on the world. This has prepared us to be even better for the future. This has prepared us to be able to take all of these things. Hey, if we can battle this pandemic, we can handle anything. And I think it brings out a lot in all of us. And I talk a lot about unlocking unlimited potential, obviously, but I think it unlocked an unlimited potential because we didn't even know we were capable of handling school in this environment. We didn't even know if we were able to handle school with actual remote learning to hybrid learning and so on and so forth. So talk a little bit about how it's all made you and your staff and your school better for the future. Well, just look at the, the, it, 
what is it in Star Trek? They had the, the light speed or the time warp with technology integration. Just look at that. Like initiative we've had was the SAMR model, right? So substitution, augmentation, modification, redefinition. And we've had, and, and, and it allowed us to kind of hit the brakes and provide some more focused PD on those because we had the different levels, right? You had your, your, your individuals that were just so grew up with the technology and were engulfed in it. And other ones that were very reluctant and pushed them out of their comfort zones. So now they know they can they can do anything. And and I think that you're right on that. And it's the biggest biggest thing. And, and we saw growth and we saw achievement, not to the extent that we want. What we did learn though, or makes us revisit is what potential opportunity do we have to unlock more is with our mathematics, because looking at the studies throughout the the whole nation is it was tough for our students to to grasp some of the concepts virtually learning mathematics because it's it's such a tactile um, subject. But I don't want. I mean, th but that's an opportunity. So now we could sit and say, okay, we just had to put all these safety measures and stagger everything, contact tracing, you know, this, all these items, <clears throat> learn new applications in record time. I mean, there, there's so much potential of what we can do, but I can just want to be weary is, again, empathy versus implementation. You know, and I always say, you know, Lincoln, and I'm going to, you know, twist it a little bit. Lincoln said, you know, nearly all men, but I'm going to make it a little bit more appropriate for this day and age is nearly all people can stand diversity. But if you can, if you want to test a person's character, give them power. So you have that power to make some great change, but how do you want to do it? You don't want to shift it so much where you're going to lose that commitment, right? So, so what we saw on social media and all that is the potential and it, it brought front and center of, I remember just the videos of, of teachers would come to the schools and have these functions and do these things and people giving out food and that we just saw really how much educators truly care about their craft and their, their students. So we have that great potential, but we want to maintain that in leadership, right? So you don't want to over push things and say we could do, we want to make sure that we're doing things again with that communication and collaboration, because we want to make sure that we're helping those around us with the support and we're doing it well. And I'd rather do two things well than five things. Okay. And I think as long as, as, as we continue with that and, and, and if we go through those steps of gathering the input and collaborating, and we have that group commitment, anyone can accomplish anything. I mean, so many of our ideas on how to open, how to educate, didn't come from me, didn't come from the leadership. It came from our teachers. It came from our staff, our support staff. It came from those, came from parents, those who are seeing things from that other perspective. So for us to unlock unlimited potential is making sure to get those perspectives of everyone, and then we could organize it and, and allocate our resources to push forward and be there to support. You kind of answered the question that I usually ask on this show towards the you know end, but I don't need to ask it anymore because yeah. I usually ask the question unlocking a limited potential means, and you just you just answered it right there. Oh, but, but that's perfect. You did you did it you did it in advance. I love it. I don't think I've ever had that done before on this show, but <laughs> I appreciate it. No, and that's awesome, and I, it's good because I want to keep going with this. So yeah. when you talk about maintaining that momentum, so. What are you doing in your school district to maintain that momentum? Or what are some suggestions you give for other superintendents and school leaders out there? 
I think to maintain it is right. So you always have to reflect, revisit, and re-implement. So for us to maintain it, our needs going into the next couple of years are far different than what we just dealt with. So to continue with that is to make sure that we're doing those little things to thank people, um, you know, sending those thank you notes, sending those little things, looking, you know, being for leadership, especially when I was being visible as much as possible in the buildings, checking in with people. And those are just the little things that you, that you do. But for us right now, and we knew this and we talked about this whole past year, not knowing how the year was going to pan out. We're, we're finishing up and, and tighten up our, our strategic plan, not 10 year, maybe five, but you know, they look at three to five. So we see where we are right now and how do we plan for that for the future? But our students, and we're not wanting to look, and this is something that's important to get people excited is we're not looking to take our today's needs or yesterday's needs for our plan. We want to look at what we think that's tomorrow's needs, right? There's so much technology. Technology, like I mentioned before, with the integrate integration, that's an ongoing momentum. So we have to continue improving that and providing those learning opportunities to use it. But you'll see in the next couple of years, technology is going to change like no other. These glasses I'm wearing would be just not normal glasses. They'd be what they're saying is Google glasses or other glasses where technology is at, at the fingerprints of I mean, information's at, at everyone's fingertips or even right in front of their eyes. And I think that's important is making sure people keep that futuristic ideas. We just went through a lot. We just had a rapid change. We changed how we do meetings. Look at this right here that we're in. Three years ago, it wasn't happening regularly like it is today. Um, you know, and I laugh because when we were right before, when I started as assistant superintendent, knowing that it's tough having our district meetings, we scheduled, you know, using this thing called Google Meets, you know, and, and had a meeting periodically then just to help the, the leadership stay in their buildings so they can take care of other things they have to if something pops up, but we still can meet and get used to that technology integration. This is our way of life. So what's the next way of life? So how can we plan our best for what the next way of life and keeping people excited on how can we unlock potential again, but shift to more personalized learning for our students? Because that's, we've been talking about, but that's, that's really where it's going is students are going to, our children are going to have information at their access at any time. How are we going to prepare them? How are we going to have our schools look like what it will be, right? Where, what will the work opportunities look like? And, and I think that's it. Just having those conversations of just reflecting and always looking at what's next to try to stay, stay ahead of the game. And if we provide those opportunities to listen because where people are, where they think we're going or where we need to go, and then we have it and look at what the professionals, right? The scientists, the, the engineers tell us where we need to go and, and the, the humanities professors and, and specialists and everything like that is important. That's how you keep that momentum by not being complacent and never thinking you are where you should be. You always have to keep moving way beyond because the world is changing at a faster rate. And if, if you don't think that if you always think you are where you're supposed to be, you're in the wrong place. You have to look where we have to move next to keep making things better. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that idea of personalized learning for students. I think 
there is so much that students have gained and so much that students have learned and so much that we've provided in terms of access. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other piece too, is that, hey, here's all these families and hey, we couldn't get them on a call, a Google call or something like that in the past because maybe they didn't have that access to proper technology tools. But so many schools managed that. So many schools kind of got over that hurdle and that to us is such a freedom for the way forward. You know, when we talk about when we talk about the student who maybe didn't have that access before, but now has that access to a device or a computer or a tablet or whatever it is, how do we continue to keep making that device useful for their educational journey? Because as we all know, someone with kids, you know, we we all we both have children, we see what the the positives and negatives of having that access in front of them is so now we're dealing with that other side of the issues okay now there's like too much screen time there's too much people kind of staring aimlessly at a screen because that might be one of the negative fallouts or the negative effects but and i agree with you like how do we continue to keep the that personalized learning focus for students going forward and that that's a funny point i remember years back i don't know if, if it was in um an ASCD magazine or where, or Ed Week. <clears throat> in Silicon Valley, there's, there was this school that, that many of the executives that worked for Google or Microsoft or wherever would send their children to because there was no technology, right? So they had the one of the extremes. So how do we balance that? And that, that's important. <laughs> we could sidetrack on that. But that was always thought was interesting because we're all engulfed in it. How do we balance it? But, but nowadays we need it. We need to provide those digital citizenship skills, the literacy, digital literacy skills. And those are just have to be embedded in everything. But but you're right. You know, it, it, it is. And and that was a big thing is providing that access. That was another item that, you know, you forget about these adversities is bringing in these Wi-Fi hotspots for our families, then finding ones where where we are, they wouldn't work because the cell service wouldn't reach them. So we had to work with families and brainstorm other things. How can we do this? And, you know, the last thing you don't want to do is, is deny someone access to their education, right? Legally, what well, you don't want to do that. But, you know, again, going to that creativity and just how the, the educational technology has expanded so much in the need and, and the resources that, that we use now. If you look at five years ago, it, it, it's just, it, it's, increase tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. And we can't forget those wins because oh. we, I mean, it seems so far and so long ago that these things happened. However, man, these were challenges that were really huge at the time. And we had to find out ways around yeah. these problems and challenges that we can never forget, <laughs> you know, because we can't forget it. We came so far as educators, as school leaders. And I think it's important that even if we continue to push forward, even if we continue to shift with the times, we can't forget the wins along the way. Mm -hmm. There's thousands, there's millions. We've had, we've talked about like 20 different ones already on this show, <laughs> all those wins. But I think that's important that we bring that to the classroom. And I think that's important that we bring that to our schools is, hey, we've gotten this far, but don't forget how we got here. And as we go forward, let's not forget how we got here, because that shows what we're capable of in the future. And in addition to that, 
now that we have all of this, it can't be just, all right, now here's your device. Let's use every device as a word processor. Let's use every device as, you know, just scrolling the, the internet and finding information or Googling something to find a quick answer. You know, so I think it's important that, yes, number one, we've come very far. But number two is we can't forget how we got here. And mm. then number three, I think, which is which is your point, is we need to keep personalizing that learning for students going forward because that's the shift. That's the opportunity that we have for growth. Yeah, I think a great question to ask our students to continue that is how are you going to use these resources to change the world for the better? You're not just doing word processing. You're creating something. And I think that's a big shift that's happening in a lot of places. Um, you know, and, and I just know, um, you know in the district in Austin, right? So just the amazing things that, that students do when I hear about like the, the science research and things like that. How do we bring that in? And there's other districts I know doing humanities research and all those things of really tapping into the potential that, the students didn't have because it's not remote, you know, it's not memorization anymore. How do we continue that? But you're right. You're right about those wins. Sometimes even I forget even our conversations of, of right, even going back to being able to send out food, you know, when we first closed, that was the priority. And being able to do that and working with our transportation departments and all hands on deck of, of doing that. You know, those are the wins that, again, it just goes back to is everything we do has to be for the greater good. And, and we can't lose sight of that. Yeah, no, I, I totally appreciate that perspective. And I think that that is also something to remind our staff about. I know I've been getting the opportunity to speak to educators and, and go into schools. And that's something we start with. Hey, we've gotten this far. How the heck did we get here? And taking right. that moment, and I think it's important even just taking that to students. Like, I think too often... We just keep going. The times move so fast. Everything's moving so quickly. Information's moving quickly. Technology moves quickly. We move quickly. Day is over before we know it. And we look up and like, holy cow. But taking that moment to pause with students, with staff, with teachers, with everybody, and just saying like, hey, how did we get here? Let's not forget. What are some of those wins? What are two wins, three wins, 10 wins? Let's record those wins because we, we don't take enough time to to, to think about those moments because those were the moments that got us to where we got. And honestly, like we knew that it was going to be difficult, but we overcame it and then time goes on and we constantly look back and say, okay, well, well what was a win? I mean, a win is waking up in the morning and the sun is shining, you know, being here, like that simplicity of a win, how important that is, is really essential for making our, our, our education continue to shift oh. forward because we can always look back and say what well, we would have done better. We can always look back and say, Hey, Oh, well, we need to do this going forward, but what did we win along the way? And I think that's important. And we talk about wins. We talk about people that are out there unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve. And that is one thing we do on this show is we dedicate the show to somebody out there. And I know you have a person that you want to dedicate this show to. So tell us a little bit about Dr. Don. Right. Dr. Don Antonekia. Um, when I was uh, working in the, the residential treatment center, uh, teaching in, in, in that um, environment in, in that school, that was great. I, uh, you know, Dr. Antonekia um, just, you know, completed his many years as a superintendent of Pleasantville in Westchester, and uh, he came to, to 
uh, Lincoln Watts at the time. And, you know, I was just talking with him and then he kind of took me under his wing and, and he said to me, is you're going to be an administrator. Um, he actually even said to me um, back then, he goes, you know, I, I've been in this business a long time. You're going to be a superintendent one day. And I, I was like, I'm, I, I'm not even, I don't even think I want to be an administrator. So if there's someone that, that <laughs> made an impact with me and I didn't even know it because actually after that conversation, I signed up for my administration degree and, and just went from there. And, and he was just someone that unlocked my potential. I never even thought I saw. However, you know, even now he, he's in his time now as, as he's finished with, um, you know, his superintendencies is, and, and, and I stay in touch with him and he's still helping, you know, people that used to work for him, students, community. He's still finding ways to just let people help people see what he sees in them and they don't see in themselves just yet. And, and he's still doing that. Um, so definitely want to dedicate it to uh, Dr. Antonekia is, is I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for him. Shout out to Dr. Don Antonekia. Thank you so much for that. That is awesome. You know, we, you were tapped. You were, you answered the call as to, that we say often is, you know, he, he put something in front of you and he saw something in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself. And I feel like that happens a lot in education, obviously. Um, and he, that's the greatest teacher of all time. Someone who's able to do that. You know, we always look at it from a student perspective, but as an adult, you know, we still need that mentor. We still need that coach. We still need somebody who's going to kind of push us out of our comfort zone. And that's most important about the work that Dr. Don has done. And I love the work that you're doing. And so what's next? You got the school year coming up, not just yet, but it'll be up soon. So what's next for you for the school year? What are you excited about this year? I'm just excited. You know, I'm just excited for what this year brings. I can't explain it. Like, we were, like I said, we're finishing our strategic plan. So I'm really excited for what that's going to bring. And we're just system doing things to enhance our systems, right? And, and just that systems work that I love so much. But I'm just excited to go into this school year. Um, and, you know, we haven't had too many changes in leadership, you know, and, and going into year two, there's going to be new things that I'm going to learn. There's going to be things that I could implement better than I did last year. Um, and I think that's the really exciting is what am I going to learn this year and what can I work at doing better from my position to help build the capacity of those around me so we could further support, right, improve our effectiveness and our efficiencies for the reasons why we're here and the reasons why, you know, is, is the end of June. Sending yeah. all our, our graduates into the real world and knowing it doesn't start. It doesn't start September. It started 13 years ago for these students coming in that are graduating this year. So so that's what I think just that's the excitement of, of going into this position for a second year. Wanting to look and, and did a lot of listening and learning and then just adding a couple things to try to help improve what we do. And, and I'm excited we have some, you know, 
we're starting a business incubator class. So that's pretty awesome. Kids are signing up where they they'll finish that class with a product or a business. And, and there's a lot of excitement with that. We, we did a coding class uh, last year with um, some of our sixth and fourth graders did a, a coding class that was taught by a teacher from Zimbabwe. So they had that global citizenship of, of interacting with students. So looking, trying to find more opportunities and more ways for our students to interact with others, not just throughout the area, throughout the state, but throughout the world. So exciting for some, just seeing what, what else we can, we can do. And, and we uh, we're also here, this is the curriculum side of the assistant superintendent is we'll have for the first time, I think, and we're in the process of having the, totally aligned curriculum um, from grades K through eight. So we're feeling, and not only our tier one curriculum, but our interventions too. So that's something we want to work out, which is great to see how that's going to pan out to support our students um, and, and just, just want to, can't wait to see their growth and, and looking forward to the, see the staff in September, have an opening in day, opening conference day in person. <laughs> That's what it's the little things, right? The little things being in person. Yeah, absolutely. See everyone again. You know, we had it towards the end of the year. We had the first graduation ceremony in four outside, which was the first time in 40 years here. So just to see everyone, I'm just excited for that, you know, and, and, you know, hoping we don't have to deal with anything else regarding COVID like we've had in the past, but just go get back into that and get back to work. And, and just seeing everyone and and those smiling faces on day one. Absolutely. That is what it's all about. The excitement of the year to come. I can see it in your eyes. I can see that you're excited. You know, we just, we did so many great things along the way. And, and anybody who's interested in connecting with you, your contact will be, your Twitter handle and everything will be in the show notes as well. You can follow the Liberty superintendent as they make amazing memories and amazing experiences happen for their students this year. I love that you're looking at this year as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to be prepared for anything. And you had lots of wins along the way. I appreciate you joining me for the show. And I thank you for everything that you're doing for the students and staff at Liberty. Well, thank you, but brother, I need to thank you. Because with your work, and I've been tracking your work, how like just like I had Dr. Antonekia, right? Point me in the direction to unlock my potential. But before your work, how many people were having these conversations? So thank you, because you brought some of those things up with me in this reflection process. So I just want to say that, you know, I, I thank you for your work, because you're influencing nationwide, you know, in addition to the, the, the students and the adults that you interact with, and then having this. So thank you for having me. It's, it's a privilege. And, and, and I cannot, again, cannot thank you enough. No, I appreciate you, brother. I know we go way back. We were doctorate colleagues way back in the day. And I know it was just, it's been too long since we had the opportunity to connect, but so much amazing stuff has happened. I'm so glad we were able to record this. I'm so glad we were able to finally connect and hear about all the amazing things that you're doing. It's inspiring. Um, to see how far you've come, you've come and how far you're continuing to go. So I appreciate you for being on the show. And remember, listeners out there, the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. Continue to educate with passion and have an amazing day serving all those that you care deeply about.
All the best, everyone. Thanks, Patrick.